This is the Money Savvy Podcast from MoneyWeb, where we tackle personal finance matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, Butumelo Nsoko. Welcome to the Money Savvy Podcast. I'm Butumelo Nsoko. In the last episode of this podcast, I spoke to Rick Snell of PSG Wealth about some of the things you need to consider before venturing into rental property and whether you'd be better off creating wealth the traditional way versus through bright-led properties. If you missed that episode, head to moneyweb.co.za to listen to it. You can also find it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. In this episode, we're continuing with this theme. Rikas joins us again to address questions from MoneyWeb readers who are starting their investment property businesses. So, let's get straight into it. Welcome, Rikas. Thank you, Tumi. Thank you for having me. Now, the first question from our reader centers around getting investors to help them achieve their rental property ambitions. Here's the question. I would like to know how I would go about finding investors to buy out an entire sectional title complex. The apartment building, which has less than 15 units, is located in a very popular suburb in Bloemfontein. The building itself is 35 years old and very well maintained. The building is being managed by a third party and as an owner, I can see how the monies are not used correctly. Or rather, I could run the building much better with a lot less money. I have purchased a couple of the units and only 10 units are left. My aim is to, of course, own the entire complex. But how do I go about getting investors to assist me to buy out the entire complex? I have set up a business plan and I will be able to manage the rentals on my own as I'm already doing it, as well as general maintenance. Okay, so to me, I think before we jump into the question, because I think it does go hand in hand on how people will actually uh, look at the opportunity, this property owners looking for partners in in owning this business together, but eventually probably buying them out and own the whole building himself or then or herself or then. um, But there's clearly some sort of a finance objective here because in it's the owner's own capacity. It doesn't look like he or she could immediately sort of progress on that plan. But nevertheless, whoever this person will approach, uh, I think there's just a couple of principles about an investment I think most people or most informed people would regard as important. The one is liquidity. So if something is is liquid or highly liquid, and then uh, when an asset is illiquid, it is a great or should be a great consideration of whether to proceed into that investment or not. And if you, if you look at your investment professionals, uh, liquidity is one of the most important considerations. Without liquidity, the price uh, or the immediate price at that point in time can be debated or considered to be nil, and they would actually not proceed. Uh, the second part is the diversification consideration. So uh, is is everything in one basket at what uh, sort of risk rate? Uh, how is the rewards aligned with those uh, risks that investors take up? Or is this actually a well-diversified investment where if something unforeseen happened, the whole investment case does not fall over? And then something that I call, and it goes hand in hand a little bit with liquidity, is price evidence. So do the investor have a, a relative good idea of the actual value of that investment uh, at point of entry and whilst owning it. Uh, Obviously, that's very available in the financial market system that uh, investors invest in. 
but it is less so um, and sometimes completely absent with property. So if you think about that, if investments does not have these, um, let's say, attributes, that investment can most probably be regarded as more risky than others. So illiquidity, not well diversified, I would consider that to be higher risk and hence would expect uh, a higher return. So to come back to your, uh, just to the reader's question, I think we're talking about a, a compartment building with about 15 units. The owner himself or herself at this stage already owns a third of that apartment block. Uh, the aspirations is to own the full uh, building. I think what comes with that is obviously the concentration risk that I uh, I regard as high. Uh, the question would be, is there not other opportunities of a similar kind or something of a complete different nature, but that can help with the diversification concept that we actually just uh, pointed out. The reader points towards the uh, 35-year age uh, of the building. The person refers to that it's well-maintained. But then the reader also points out to say, but the monies are probably uh, can be better spent, et cetera, et cetera. The reader is not uh, the same as the person that's doing the maintenance at the moment. And one would um, just like to point out is that as owner, you've got a vested interest in the building. So surely there's some things that you would do uh, either cheaper or sometimes for free that a third party would never do. So uh, it's not a, I don't think it's a valid point to point out it can be run cheaper or the monies can be spent differently. It, it would be, but it, uh, the fact of the matter is would the investor also, or the reader, would, would that reader be uh, remunerated for the time invested? Or is it merely just uh, something that will uh, need to be catched up uh, or caught up with the investment value that appreciates. As I said, the building is well maintained, according to the reader. You would also like to hear a bit more about the experience of the reader of maintaining a bigger sort of apartment block. Uh, it's not the same as just normal residential. In terms of, uh, I think the question referred to that it's in Bloemfontein, is that uh, that location, has it got a great future? So we're talking about the location, location, location consideration again, and the diversification of that again. And then in terms of the business plan, the client or the, the reader points out to where does he or she find investors? So if it's a great business plan, they would be able to either get bank financed on that business plan or they would find uh, willing investors to actually partner with them and um, and actually going ahead with these plans. I do want to point out finance, so let's say bank finance or lending finance is cheaper over the long run than giving someone an equity stake in, in something. And then just something else that that I just wanted to point out that's not in the question is is this entity in a in a type of a structure? Is it in this person's uh, personal capacity as, as a sole proprietor? I think if you start uh, holding apartment blocks and let's say even commercial or then residential uh, buildings, I think it would be a good consideration to start uh, questioning in what sort of suitable structure these uh, these buildings should be from not just a cost perspective, but definitely from a, a liability and a risk perspective. And then obviously the operational side that goes hand in hand with that. 
With regards to the reader mentioning that the monies are not being used correctly, what due diligence do you think they should undertake before going ahead with the plan to own the entire complex? Yeah, it, it's uh, there's not much detail in terms of the money is not spent correctly uh, sort of phrase, but I would regard it as, or seeing it as, as the the current owner probably uh, considers it that some um, maintenance work can be done cheaper. Cheaper is not always better. And that's why I'm saying it, it goes very much hand in hand. And, and because this person has already got a vested interest, um, it's very important that, that this reader probably try and, and be neutral and unbiased in terms of his or her own uh, sort of maintenance experience, time availability um, in our previous conversation we talked about the health considerations of these individuals that actually take something up like this and in apartment building with with 15 apartments is not a small uh, building to maintain uh, so difficult to say what due diligence i think uh, the person just needs to try and make that uh, or make that decision unbiased but understanding that a third party will never do it at a cost that the, that the owner will probably do it I don't know if you'd be comfortable addressing this question, but what would go into managing a complex? Yeah, so a lot of time. Uh, So what you would need to uh, understand is so there's 15 units. uh, That means uh, those tenants come and go. There's people moving in, you know, reparations needs to be made. Uh, There's contractual sort of obligations that need to be overseen. A very strict sort of process, I would regard as prudent, uh, literally inspections with the clients uh, or the tenant as they move in, photos that's been taken off the apartment to actually uh, have evidence that everything was sound as the tenant moves in. I think what is probably underappreciated out there is how debatable a uh, an apartment's condition becomes if you don't have a sort of evidence on a picture to say, listen, this window was actually in good good repair as someone moved in. Now it's broken and who's, who's going to pay for it? So I think you've got all of those movements, tenants coming in, uh, tenants going out. Uh, obviously, things that breaks as the tenants are there as some of those obviously is the uh, obligation of the 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 landlord to repair the things like is the uh, apartments actually upkeep from a from a tidiness and hygiene perspective Uh, the moment you start renting property out to to different people everyone's got a got their own sort of idea of what is hygiene hygienic and and clean and and looking after uh, you know after a property, something like people moving out again, again, those inspections and, 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 and all the other maintenance that goes along with it. Even things like uh, pipe bursts, uh, electricity sort of supply, water supply, uh, your, your, obviously your accounts. Uh, running that building as a, a business, having proper record keeping, having proper process in place that you can actually pinpoint responsibility. And a lot of the time, uh, if you run, let's say, three or five units, it's actually fine. If you start running more than that, a lot of the time you start needing staff. Uh, Now you need to sort of oversee that responsibility as well. And then obviously all the accounting things and taxes that comes with it. Now, moving on to the next question from another reader. Here it goes. I've just started my investment property journey, which will eventually lead me to pursuing it full time. 
I currently have two properties, one being rented out at a 10% gross yield and one being primary for now until I purchase my next one with a realistic expectation of also receiving 10 to 11% gross yield. My plan is to start purchasing initially one to two properties per year, gradually increasing the number each year with a goal of reaching into the hundreds of units, both residential and commercial. At the moment, both are in my name as it doesn't make sense yet to have them within a business vehicle financially. At what stage or what net monthly profit would you suggest would be a good indicator to then look at forming a legal entity that can cover all financial costs, for example, accountant fees? I currently have a 41% tax rate and I'm trying to ascertain at which point the 13% difference between my tax rate and the 28% corporate tax rate will pay for the added cost of operating a business with just myself in it. So to me again, I think there's a lot in there. Just off the cuff, I just want to say it's actually absolutely wonderful that someone can actually dream that big and uh, more importantly here locally in South Africa. Uh, What I did enjoy seeing is that the person is referring or the reader is referring to residential and commercial uh, already. So there's a sense of a diversification, although it's in the same asset class. And then I think what was quite uh, good for me as well is that the person is asking about whether it is in a suitable structure as we what we ended off with the previous question. I think it's a very important consideration without going through all the pros and cons of the different structures. There ain't that many anyway. But without doing that, uh, I think it would be worthwhile for this individual to get a great accountant, first of all. I think there's a lot of discussion and address that can be gained from those encounters. And again, where this person is heading in terms of just in terms of their vision, obviously all visions and great things start just with one step at a time. It is important that those steps are taken correctly in the right direction from the first step because that's normally the cheapest, even though it costs a fee or a consultation with an accountant, with an advisor, et cetera, et cetera. To come back to the structures, in my mind, as we talked about it in the previous question, structures comes down to not what does it cost, not what are the taxes. It comes down mainly to where's the most suitable protection from a legal Uh, separation between legal entities and risk management. And then obviously the operational consideration of some entities are not suited for operations. So it's more of a holding vehicle, et cetera. And although it makes sense from the start, perhaps to start uh, having these side businesses, which I regard as a property investment as well, I would regard that as a side business. Whilst it is initially cheaper to start that in your sole proprietary, It is a lot more expensive in moving those assets whenever, um, well, it is needed really from the start, but when that penny drops and someone actually needs to make that move at a later stage. So I would regard it as prudent to, from the first step, and and, and I want to focus merely on the investment property, not the residential property. That's a complete different discussion. But in terms of investment property, to move uh, those property, uh, that first property, into a suitable structure, similarly to what that structure should look like right at the end, even when uh, this reader owns the 100 properties or units or in, into the hundreds, what, sort of, what would have been the suitable structure? And I think what is evident in this question is that if you do those calculations correctly, 
and setting up the right structures from the start. I want to point uh, point to if you don't follow the right route uh, initially, what are the costs? I want to point to that as well. But if you do it correctly, that is where the argument comes in to say it is not as straightforward and it is not as cheap to get out of the blocks with physical property and um, investment property as a as a theme. It will take this this reader perhaps longer. So in the question, the reader refers to buying a property each year or one or two each year. It might be a lot slower. And, and I think most people out there will, will actually attest to that, that it goes a lot slower uh, because there's, there's uh, affordability constraints. If you structure these, these businesses correctly, and how, how quickly you actually can move ahead and turn a net profit out of the business. In the, in the question, the, uh, the reader refers to a 10 or a 12% or 13% gross yield. That number has got no meaning. Okay, It's the same as what I would say, I've got a, a factory, our turnover is 100 million, but if, we, if, if we've done everything that we should have done, I'm turning into uh, I'm turning 100 million rand turnover into a 50 million uh, net loss. So the gross yield is a number that I would like property investors to move away from. We're not talking about gross; we're talking about net, and that is what is going to be the bottom line: whether someone is making a profit or a loss, and whether the side business is sustainable or not. I wanted to point out to just to the the reader also the cost in terms of moving assets at a later stage. So even if it's been accumulated now or just this one property, but there's only a couple of ways to actually move an asset. And because a sole proprietary legal entity is separate from, let's say, a company or a trust, when you move that asset at a later stage, there's a change of ownership. And you can only do that by a couple of ways, but one is by way of a sale Okay, into the new uh, legal entity. Obviously, you can do it at a point of inheritance, but I don't think that's suitable here. Uh, you can do it by way of a donation. And then obviously, uh, you can lend funds towards the legal entity and they can actually acquire uh, assets in that entity. But all of those options goes along with income tax implications. It goes along with capital gains tax uh, implications. It goes along with estate and donations taxes implications, and obviously the transfer duty implications. So what coming back to where we started off with saying the first step that you make when you set up the side business, uh, it is advisable to actually have a very good understanding of what legal entity is suitable for this business, even if it held uh, 100 units. And I uh, perhaps just to emphasize on on how how complicated this can become is that depending the property, depending the risk that goes along with ownership of that property, you might actually end up having one property in one legal entity or one legal entity per investment property. Last part that I actually wanted to point out, uh, the reader referred to the difference in income tax between his or her individual um, <clears throat> income tax at 41% versus the company uh, income tax of 28%. With getting profits out of the company back to the individual also carries a 20% donations taxes. So that difference between the maximum income tax rate for individuals 
and the income tax rates within companies and getting the profits out of a company back to where you actually want it, perhaps in the individual's name, is actually a lot closer than the 41 versus the 28. It's actually 45 versus the 48% uh, in, in the company. And because what are some of the factors our listeners should consider before venturing into investment property on the level that these readers are pursuing? To me, I, I, um, I sense that a lot of people start with investment property as a side business or they, they actually want to start something uh, separate to their perhaps career and, and uh, formal earnings. And that is all good and, and fine. Starting a business, all of us that actually as, as a venture into those and even people are, that has not venture into that, uh, it's quite a daunting route and it is a challenging route and it is complicated. I think the perception out there is that a physical owning physical property and starting that type of side business is a lot easier because many people, before they actually buy an investment property, they might perhaps have a primary residence and they, I mean, they get a feel for the asset class, what the price does over time, what the maintenance does at times, et cetera, et cetera. So I think and that's part of the debate. Uh, I think the the perception out there is that it is a it is a less complicated side business to start. Having said that, being perhaps a little bit less complicated does not necessarily make that a good business. And the points I'm making um, throughout is that uh, it has to be run like a business. If you are, if you have a, a lot of business sense and you're business savvy, and that I mean that's a, a quite a overall uh, sort of streetwise legislative uh, accounting uh, management operationally maintenance uh, savvy, then I think you will find it less complicated and manageable. If you don't have those attributes or that it's not necessarily attributes, so let's call it experience. It means that you will need to actually acquire that experience uh, and not by making your own mistakes. So I think for me, if uh, you're asking what people should consider, it has to be run like a business. People has to be serious about record keeping, admin, process, managing tenants in in a very could be a friendly way but it's a very formal way it's not it's not a friendship the people uh, tenanting from you is, is not it's not a friendship there's other ways to make friends uh, but it's going to be it, it's going to need to be run like a business uh, and that business is going to come with unforeseen costs and surprises and market conditions and stress at times and people that are up for that uh, I would encourage to actually consider it People that are not up for that, uh, I'm pointing out that there are different ways of wealth creation. And just lastly, would you advise going into rental property on the scale? Yeah, so I think just start with one property. I mean, get a feel for it. So this this person, as I pointed out, it's fantastic that someone dreams big and, and uh, you always want to encourage that. Uh, and actually, uh, you also want to equip and support someone with that. But what this person also refers to is that he's just started this investment journey and, and physical invest, uh, physical property investment journey, and that he, he actually will need to actually prove to him or herself and to everyone else that, that might be involved that he or she can run this actually profitably uh, over a period of time. Um, so so uh, I would say start start right. 
start right having the right advice, the right structures, uh, the 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 right uh, sort of mindset and process. And if you if you've managed that, it's almost like I'm very keen always to refer to to cycling because a lot of people can relate to it. If you start to cycle, you've got side wheels. And those side wheels are there for a very good reason, to actually hold you up uh, when you lose your balance. As people sort of progresses, they can actually become a little bit more com- competitive out there and they can cycle faster at a safer, faster um, speed, but still at a safe, in a safe way. Uh, and later you start racing, but you can't start racing before you've actually been on a cycle for a couple of years. So I, I would consider it uh, wise to start with one property, prove yourself, get the ropes, uh, and 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 um, understand what it's involved, uh, what's involved. Perhaps go uh, go through a investment cycle. Perhaps go through an interest rate cycle. See what happens, and then before deciding on on you know how many horses you're going to saddle. Thank you so much, Rikus. That was Rikus Nell, who is a certified financial planner at PSG Wealth. Thanks for listening to the Money Savvy Podcast, hosted by Britamelo and Sorkel. To listen to more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Money Savvy.